Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. You want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we review uh, yesterday's slate a little bit, go through results TV, uh, talk maybe, maybe about today's slate, maybe, maybe early. Do we have, a, we have an early slate, three game? Isn't there like a first game of a doubleheader? I don't know. Kind of a weird slate because uh, it'll kind of eliminate batters from one game and whatever. We'll talk about that maybe a little. We got a, a later slate today that's 10 games. And uh, and as always, the, this show is primarily guided by you in the YouTube chat. So you ask questions, I have answers. So if we don't go over something, oh, you didn't talk about today's slate. It's, it's about the YouTube chat. So I say hi to my people in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs up. Thummy thumbs, give me the thummy thumbs. Give me the subscribe scribes. Give me the notification belly bells. We got Suki Singh, Matt Rowland, Jerome Lewis, Doug Montgomery, Joe Mack, Hog Lawrence, Card Fan, Anthony Golden, Michael Dompey, Sterling Woods. Uh, Matt Rowland says, I used to look at MLB DFS as getting the right players instead of getting the right lineups. I've won a lot more since I started to listen to you. Well, that's, that's probably a bad thing for me, right? I hope you're not playing my contests, right? Don't move up. Hopefully you're playing the Minimax. Right. That's what I say. I'm helping too many people. I hope they I hope they don't move up to the larger field contest, to the, to the higher stakes stuff. Eventually, yeah, four years, five years from now, I'll be broke, right? Because everyone's going to be better than me. Uh, let's see, going through uh, Michael Dompey last night. So many top two to 3% finishes in large field with Flaherty. Yep, yep. Uh, Sterling Woods, great show with Ship My Money. Yeah, if you want to check out the, my recent episode of the Theory of DFS podcast, that comes out uh, primarily on, on Tuesdays. We have a conversation about optimizer settings and downswings and whatever. So that was, a, we want to spend spend some time listening to that. Uh, yesterday, I had a good day. Yesterday, uh, I mean, I made money, but I didn't have the perfect lineup. Uh, played a lot of the Angels. Okay, great. Uh, play, pl- played a bunch of the Red Sox, but I was I was under the field on the, on the Red Sox. Uh, something that some of the teams didn't do well. I, I had a ton of the Braves. And that didn't really work out. But I had a ton of Eric Fetty and JT Brubaker. The problem was that uh, I also had Flaherty and Uh I, I don't think I made a mistake yesterday, but it turned out to be almost catastrophic from the amount of lineups that I killed by doing it. Because we have these pitchers, right? Pitchers yesterday. We're going, going through results DB. Flaherty, 44%. Burns, 36%. They were the two highest projected pitchers on the slate. But if you were to play them together at their prices, it kind of forced you into certain, you know, certain stacks and certain lineups. So being on a 14-game slate, do I really want to play a 44% on pitcher and a 36% on pitcher together? Uh, I chose not to. And that, and obviously that kills me more than it had I played them together. And why is that? Because I played 40% Flaherty and played 40% of Burns, right? So 80% of my lineups had one of them in them and they both busted. Bob Burns didn't like bust, bust, but nine and a half points ain't going to do anything for you, really. Uh, I was way under on Morton. I had, a, I, had, I had a lot of Lizardo. I had a lot of Fetty. I had a lot of Brubaker, who did well. Uh, I had some Taylor, Tyler McGill, but I also had some giant stacks. So that, that didn't work out that much. Uh, looking down here, I didn't have anything that, that low. I didn't play any Dylan Bundy. I didn't, Eli Morgan was 8%. I didn't touch him. Mark has got, I, I can't believe this, 13.8% own on a pitcher that we knew the game was postponed 20 minutes before it was, before, before 8.05. 
So thank you, thank you for paying the rate. How, how could you not switch out your lineups? I mean, no, Neil couldn't get him out of like two lineups here, so he got stuck. He got stuck with two lineups with him. Other than that, I mean, look, look, good players don't don't have. I mean, I I just X out the game. I listen to Roth's report on Crunch Time. It's 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 part of premium. So if you want to click on the link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Most a lot of the, the I'd say 95% of the stuff, you, you might as well just follow him on Twitter. It'll tell you all the deets. But on crunch time, the main thing he was going over with, like he's just look, he's looking at these at the coverage and the storms coming in at around eight or nine o'clock. And he's like, he, he's like, I, I wouldn't put my money behind any. Like he's like, the pitchers don't don't even bother with. And I'm not even sure if the hitters are safe at all. He said if they want to play this game at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, I guess. But he's like, he can't possibly see how there's a game that's going to happen between 8 and 10. Uh, and then they issued a flash flood warning. And if you listen to Crunch Time, you, you hear the he's updating that throughout the course of the show. So after hearing that, it's like, it's a 14-game slate. Like, how, how desperate am I that I need to play German Marquez? Or I had some Colorado beforehand. Like I was playing like 4% Colorado stats. I'm like, it's a 14-game slate. Why, why even bother? Yeah, the ownership starts going down. Yeah, oh, yeah, you get German Marquez at 13% owned. So, yeah, but look, I could, I'll play some Eric Fetty. I'll play some Lazardo if it didn't get there, right? I'll play, I'll play some Brubaker. I'll play some Bumgarner. I'll play, I play a bunch of Luis Garcia, right? Instead of Flaherty or Burns, that worked out. Like, there's so many more options. This isn't a five-game slate. So, just like, I, I, at, at 7 o'clock lock, 7.05 lock, like, I just had none of that to begin with. So, I didn't even have to swap anything out. But the fact that 13% of 13% still had Marquez in the lineup. I mean, really? People that lazy? What happened there? Bumgarner was 21% on, which is way over what I thought he was going to be. I mean, most people were under. You can see here the sea of yellow in pitchers, pitcher wise. I mean, even sharp players didn't have like, like, yeah, Burns the Colts, 53%. But like nothing, like we don't see blue here. We don't see lock them in type of stuff. If anything, we got some people, Aha Bro, Mr. Good Seats, Nerdy Tenor, way over, need lunch money. I mean, for the most part, other than maybe Squirrel Patrol right here, maybe Neil Orfield, like Fetty was, I would consider a sharp play yesterday. Say for Lazardo. Some people didn't, right? Yeah, zero, 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 but cheese, 18%. The Colts, 15. Nerdy Tenor, 22. Aha Bro, Mr. Good Seats. I think. Uh, Lazardo was projected much better in the bat than most other places. So if you, if you, if you use the bat more than, than anything else, probably got more Lazardo, but it also, you know, oh, oh, well, if I used the bat, I would have gotten too much Lazardo and the bat sucks. Well, the bat was also high on Fetty. So, I mean, so you also got a lot of Fetty because Fetty projected very well in the bat as well. Say for Brubaker, Brubaker actually had a decent projection in comparison to like guys like Cease. And then down at the Sammy Long, Julio Urias, those types of guys. But he's had a good game. What, 28, 28 points, 1.9% though. But that's what we do. We're going through, going, going through results, DB. For these lines, let's go to the batters. Let's take away the pitchers here. You can see that uh, the, high, the highest owned teams were actually the Red Sox and the Indians. And a lot of, a lot of these... Uh, ownerships come from the pitcher combinations this is the main reason i didn't want to play uh flaherty and burns together because the the indians projected well and was cheap 
the Balt Orioles projected decently and cheap. The Rangers, like the vomit stacks they had to play, were actually going to be owned. So a lot of lineups were Indians plus Red Sox or Baltimore. or And then we, then we get to the Angels. Uh, outside of Otani, I think the Angels were under-owned yesterday, even though they projected to be like one of the top, you know, four owned stacks. But their pieces outside of Otani were not that dramatic. I mean, Walsh was 8%. We have uh, Goslin 7%. But like the bottom of the order, I played a, like, I played a bunch of Ligaris because he was 2K at the bottom. He was 2% owned. Joe Adele at the bottom of the order, 2% owned. You could have played Angel Stacks even with the Tommy and still had your total lineup ownership pretty good. That's what I ended up with because I was, I was over the field on the Angels. But because I condensed my, you know, I limit my total lineup ownership. Like, yeah, I still got Otani, but not, I only had like 8% Otani yesterday. But I had Angel Stacks that had Iglesias and Marsh and Ligaris and Adele and Stasi and, and Otani also. And the same thing for the, the Red Sox. Like, take a look at the Red Sox here. Schwarber, 18%. Bogart's 14%, Devers 12%, Verdugo 8%, but let's take a look at Renfro, 2%, because from his median projection, he was slightly overpriced. But from a ceiling perspective, it's Hunter Renfro. He's a home run hitter. So I had Red Sox stacks because they were going to be, I thought the Red Sox were over-owned yesterday, but the over-ownership comes primarily through like Schwarber and Bogart's and Devers. So as long as I'm not playing like two or th- all three of these guys, I'm playing Vasquez, I'm playing Renfro, I'm playing Travis Shaw at first base. Like the bottom of the order, you can still play the Red Sox. So these are those cases that on like on a 14-game slate where I'm playing, I'm playing 100 lineups. Like the Red Sox projected well. I thought the Red Sox as a whole would be over-owned. But it depends on what lineups, what stacks. This is why people... Ask me, it's like, well, do you think that should I play the stack or not? It's like, well, it depends on how you it depends on the lineups. If you thought the Angels were overowned, then you said, Oh, well, I'm gonna play the Angels just without Otani. Well, now it's not overowned anymore. Now it's underowned. If you can say, I'm gonna play the Red Sox, but I'm not gonna play Kyle Schwarber, then you're fine. Right? So when you when you see these uh, metrics like on Slate IQ or in lineup HQ. Or you run you run the very rudimentary simulations or something, and you're getting this average of like, oh, on average, this you know they have an eight point six percent chance to win, and they're going to be owned eleven point seven percent. Like, well, that's that's the averages of all of that. It doesn't mean you have to play Schwarber, Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo, that type of line. You can, you can play you can, you can play the good team, just play them differently. So that's what I was doing with those teams yesterday. Like something like the, the Braves, I didn't have, I don't have to worry about Gil Heredia. I thought the Braves were low enough home to as it is. So I'm not, I'm not going to Solaire and Duval and Swanson and Riley and Freeman. I don't mind. They're already low. Right. Albies 7%. Like I don't have to make Braves stacks different. I have to make the angel stacks different. I have to make the Cleveland. I think I may have one or two Cleveland lines. I'm not going to play Ramos, Rosario, Ramirez, Miles Straw. Find a different way. Daniel Johnson hits a home run. It's like, oh, well, I didn't play Daniel Johnson. What was Daniel Johnson? 
Look, he was bad. Look, 0.76%. You could have played a Cleveland stack with him, right? Some people did. Barely. He's a pinch hit risk, right? But that's what you're looking at. You're looking at lineups, not players. I mean, take a look at Piano Club here. Look how low exposure he had to all the chalk. I mean, I mean, just really across the board, look at all this yellow. Yeah, Hubbard decided to play some, some twins and Red Sox. He was over on them. But still, like, that means no Indians. That means no Lane Thomas. Why were people playing Lane Thomas yesterday? I don't know. It's even on my radar. I don't think I had any Lane Thomas. Why was Varsho owned at 9%? Why, are people just watching game logs? I don't even know why. Some of these things, I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't even know. People that aren't even in my player, but Carter Kyboom, people played the Nationals yesterday against Lazardo. Okay, I guess so. I was, I guess I didn't get to the Nationals because I was playing 20% Lazardo. That got me nothing. <laughs> got me negative 0.1. This is what you should be doing every day, just looking through. Did I make similar decisions? To other sharp players. So, and did I make the same similar types of lineups? I can understand. There's some people that didn't play Eric Fetty. There's some people that did. That didn't mean like, oh, one was right and one was wrong. It's like, well, look at how, how they built their lineups. Going through the YouTube chat. Jim Steele. Since the All-Star break, it seems like the highest price pitchers are not hitting value at a higher rate than before. Do you see this, or is it just variants hitting all at once? Probably just variants. Also, we don't have that many high, really, truthfully, we don't have, there aren't many high-end pitchers. High price, but it it's not, has nothing to do with the price. It has to do with the quality of the pitcher. Highest price pitchers when they're Jacob DeGrum are fine. When the highest price pitcher, we had a slate the other day, Jordan Montgomery was 10K. Do you consider him to be an ace pitcher? No. Corbin, the difference between Corbin Burns and Jacob DeGrum, I think is humongous. And Corbin Burns is one of the best pitchers, right? Lance Lynn. I don't consider these guys, they're the, maybe the best pitcher on the slate, but I don't, I don't think these are infallible pitchers. So I think it's more of the, the perception. Oh, high-priced pitchers. They're, they aren't, yeah, but well, well when the highest price pitcher is 9,300, Jake Odorizzi, like, uh, yeah, I think he's more likely to fail than, than a 11K Garrett Cole on a slate. I think that's more likely. Flaherty, yeah, Flaherty is a good pitcher. Uh, do I consider him an ace? Something that's like, oh, I got to jam into 50 plus percent of my line? No, even against the Tigers. So yeah, you, you may be noticing higher price pitchers are failing more often, but those pitchers on a slate where Jacob DeGrum is 11-5, those pitchers would only be $8,800, right? And you wouldn't notice that. You'd be like, okay, a bunch of mid-price pitchers. Some did well, some did, didn't do well. I played a bunch of Luis Garcia. He did well. He was, he was, he was priced as high as, I think, 100 higher than Flaherty. That's why he was only 6% owned. But is Luis Garcia any, wor any worse of a pitcher than Jack Flaherty, really? I don't think so. Corbin Burns, I think Corbin Burns is a better pitcher, but by how much? That much? That you feel like you're locking in Corbin Burns? Oh, give me eight strikeouts. No, take a look at the season. It's not that. They're much higher variance than you think they are. 
And there aren't that many ones that aren't high variance. And most of the ones that aren't high variance are injured now, right? Aren't even pitching. But Michael Dompe says, Marquez completely outperformed McGill, Flaherty, and Lazardo. Yeah, if you played Marquez, you're right. You're right. Maybe the 13% of people, they actually had better lineups than a lot of my lineups. <laughs> they actually, they were over the field on a better pitcher than me. <laughs> that makes it even funnier. Right, I'd rather have Marquez in those lineups, right? My Flaherty lineups, right? I should have just left money on the table and put Marquez in there, right? McGill, yeah, screw it. Play Marquez instead. Well, he's not going to pitch. Well, okay, it's better than minus five. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Michael Dompe is saying that Ranger Suarez and Taylor Hearn did well and the bat was on them. The bat wasn't on them. It's just they were cheap. From a point per dollar perspective, you know, when you project for like 11 or 12 points and you're like five or 6K, like, okay. Doesn't mean their ceiling's high. Uh, let's see. Joe Clary in lineup HQ, why do you build by fantasy points and not ceiling for GPP? When ceiling make you more unique with better chance for high score, but obviously increased variance. Uh, most of projection, most projections are normally distributive, so it's not going to really matter that much. Like the difference between the floor and the, like they're all like proportionally with each other. So like whether or not I build, so like for instance, let, let's do this. They're going to be slightly different, but they're most, they're, I mean, projections are mostly put in like by a normal distribution. So the space between the median and the ceiling, like for the bat, the bat, it's the 25th and the 75th percentile. If it's a normal distribution, it's going to be even on both sides. So playing building by floor or building by ceiling or building by median is going to give you the same thing. You're solving a knapsack thing. It's going to be the same thing. So, I mean, we could do that right here. Let's go unique players one. Let's bring this down to just 10, right? Let's set whatever. That's fine, right? So we have build using fantasy points, which is medians, okay? So if, I want to, if I want to show just, uh, I don't care about the stats, just, uh, well, let's do it by, all right, we're going to play, let's do a 5-3, right? Number of unique players. Let's build 10 using median. It's going to have to go through a bunch. Maybe I should have done five. It'll take, oh, okay, not that long. Okay, so we're doing just by using median. I'm going to show you that it's not going to be that much different, right? So 111.04 with the median. So this would be a Woodruff, Wheeler, Angels, Twins, right? These are the tops, right? So, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to lot, you're going to a lot of twins as of right now. It's a 1028. All right, so take a look at this lineup. We're going to switch this over to ceiling and build 10 lines. Now, if you if you if you have projections that are not normally distributed, then this would be slight. There'd be much. This would be much different, possibly. But here, okay, that same lineup. It's only here's the difference. Okay, so this Snell Wheeler lineup. Where's Snell Wheeler? Down here, Snell Wheeler, Snell Wheeler, 
I think this is the line of Snell Woodruff. Okay, we have Snell Wheeler. This is the line of Woodruff Wheeler, Stasi Walsh, Iglesias Marchadel. So no Otani in the Angels. That, well, obviously, because he's pitching. Uh, Polanco, Donaldson, Kepler. Isn't that that first lineup that's up here? Yeah, that's, that's the exact same line. So the first lineup by median. Hold on. First lineup by median ends up being the second lineup by, by ceiling. Because the most players, like the, the projections here are not perfect, are not perfectly normally distributed, but they're very close. They're off by like, like maybe 1%, maybe 1% non-normally distributed. It's kind of slightly like leans, certain players lean slight this way and slight that way. So if you're going to build lineups, you're not going to, you're not really building lineups that are that dramatically different. All right. So here you get by ceiling, you're getting a little bit more blue Jays and here you're not getting as much blue Jays. Because obviously blue Jays would have higher in general, blue Jays are a much better hitting team. How much are you increasing? Right? We're building 10 lineups. They're going up a little. Here's the red Sox. Here's red Sox. This is for, by median. You're going to get the Red Sox, the Padres. Like we take a look at the stack summary, the combo summary. Minnesota, Boston, Boston, Minnesota. Right? You're going to get Minnesota and a bunch of these. Right? Over here, you got a stack summary, and it's pretty much the same thing. Maybe very slight differences between lineups. But I mean, these lineups, as a five, you know, they, they look the same, they look similar. So if you're building 100 lineups, like what is it? Unless you're inputting your own projections that are not normally distributed, like it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. If you, if you build, by, build by median, build by ceiling, build by do, do whatever you want. I'm using the lineup HQ to build the lineups that I want to build. It's not telling me what to do. So to me, it doesn't even matter. I mean, I could, I could zero out the projection and still make the same lineups. I've already made a decision. I'm going to play 12% of the break. I don't care what the project at that point. I don't care what the projection is. Yesterday, I was playing 12% of the Braves and I wasn't getting enough Freddie Freeman. So, you know what I did? I bumped him up. Yeah, but the projection says it doesn't matter. I've already made the decision that the Braves are under owned against Andrew Heaney. And if I'm going to play 12 lineups with the Braves, I'd only, I don't want only two of them to have Freddie Freeman. I want six, at least six of them to have Freddie Freeman. So, I'm going to force that. Even though it technically it lowers my projection of the line. I don't care. I'm betting on the Braves. I'm using the optimizer to build the lineups I want to build. I'm not letting it tell me what to build. The projection is there for guidelines. Because, yeah, obviously, if I put it all to zero, it's going to treat Gil Heredia the same as Freddie Freeman. So what does that accomplish? Unless I, unless I want to go and set a min-max exposure on literally every player in the player pool, probably better to, to leave the projections in there. But you can. I've done that in MMA. I don't care what the projection is. I'll put them all to zero and then set them in maxes and let just build a combination. That my total fantasy points will be zero of every lineup. I don't care. Do I have all the combinations I want? There, there you go. That's it. Upload. Hit that thumbs up button in the YouTube chat. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs.
Feel free to post your stuff. That's it. We're doing it's the dog days of summer. We'll be getting into September. Once September starts, we got NFL back. The MLB is going to be kind of silly with the you know call-ups and everything from the minor leagues. We're gonna have some showdown stuff. September, September and October, and then basketball comes back. Like this show is gonna be, it's gonna be whatever. It's gonna be guided primarily by you. So maybe we talk NFL some days. Maybe we talk MLB. Maybe we talk NBA. Maybe we talk showdown something. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's soccer or MMA or whatever the hell's going on. It's primarily based around strategy. So it's like, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're talking about golf. Uh, that means I could turn it off because I don't play golf. No, you could learn how to play DFS well by even listening to strategy from other sports. There's a reason why good DFS players tend to be good in every sport. You go, you know, how much did I know about MMA before a year ago, a year and a half ago? Nothing. I watched I watched UFC back in the, the no rules day. Right back in the uh, the mid nineties, you know when I was a teenager, it was like oh Ultimate Fighting Championship, no holds barred, whatever. And it was on pay per view. My friend had a hot box, right? That oh, you know that was cracked, whatever. Go over there and watch, you know, Hoyt's Gracie and and you know they they didn't have weight classes and there were like pretty much no rules and they had to fight like three times in the same night, like back in those days. Like that's that's when I did Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn. Like that era of, of UFC. But now I don't know anything, right? And it doesn't mean I can't play well, right? Started playing NBA in 2017. Didn't, I haven't watched the NBA for 15 years since then. Up, oh, win some GPPs in that. So you could learn even with the other sports. You could learn by looking through results TV. People are so, so, so short-sighted by like, what is going on today? Right? What is going on today? What what can we learn? Who's going to hit a home run? Are we playing Edward Cabrera tonight? Are we? I don't even know who that guy is. He's going to be 20% owned, apparently. Miami pitcher? Does he have a pitch count? Oh, he's making his major league debut. He's a young pitcher. Struggled with walks, but he has a high strikeout rate against Washington. So we're doing that. Oh, five strikeout drop. Okay. Is that what we're doing? Is that the picture we're stacking against? You could stack, play the Nationals against him. A lot of people are going to play him. Just like up here, it's going to say Blake, Blake Snell against the Dodgers. Are people going to do that? 5% owned? I'll take a shot. I don't think it'll be 5% owned, even against the Dodgers. What's there to talk about? Like If you're not, not going to type in the YouTube chat, not much to talk about. Daniel Hutchins. The first NFL Classic played on September 12th includes a $5 contest with one uh, nearly 1.2 million entries. You're going to play that? I'm going to max that. $750. You're going to need you're going to need the nuts. I don't know. 1.2 nearly 1.2 million entries for the for the $5 million. Yeah, that's 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 a harder contest to win now than the than the play action ones. The three dollar twenty max that was like seven hundred and whatever thousand entries. <laughs> Michael Dompey, if you were going to make one lineup for the early three games, like okay, let's take a look at the three games. I don't even know. I've not even looked at the three games. Let's take a look. 
You you asked, I answered. Okay, do we even have an Astros lineup in? Okay, the Rockies Cubs game is good is a is a seven inning game, right? And they're playing a doubleheader. I'm assuming that's already reflected in the projections. I'm assuming. Let's see here. Are we still have? Where are you? Lane Thomas. People playing Lane Thomas today. Where are we going? Early. I want the early stuff. Let's see. Who, who's the chalk? We don't even have ownership, but I could I could pretty much tell. Raleigh McCullers is going to be owned, right? He's the highest projected pitcher against the Royals. You're going to make one lineup and just play a Royal stuff. <laughs> I mean, what other pitcher is going to be owned? Like Marquez would be owned, but the Cubs are only, they're only going to play seven innings. So that kind of limits the ceiling. So let's say you, you let's say, you, I mean, we don't have ownership. But I'm going to assume the chalk combination is going to be something like McCullers, McCullers, Marquez. I mean, what what else would it be? Minor against the 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 Astros. So if we put together Marquez, see, this is what you do to research, okay? So I'm going to go. I'm just going to build 20 lines, right? I'm going to build stacks, just five x, right at this point. Maybe maybe even maybe even four three now, just five x, just to see. So what I'm going to do is I'm looking for what the chalkier builds are going to be, right? So I'm putting Marquez and McCullers together, and we're getting the Tigers against Leicester. Stack someone. The Cardinals, the Astros, the Tigers, right? Because they're cheaper in order to fit these two higher-priced pitchers. And Marquez isn't that high. So this is kind of this is kind of what what chalkier lineups would look like, most likely. Okay, remember I just looked at the slate like two minutes ago, so I'm just going by the going by the numbers. So if that's the if that's what is going to be the chalk, okay. Marquez, McCullers, Cardinals, Astros, Tigers. So now who's pitching against the Cardinals, the Astros, and the Tigers? Scooble. Minor, Lester. Okay, who projects better? Now let's now let's see if what we do is we don't play. Maybe we don't. We still play Marquez, but we don't play McCullers. So X him out. Now what do these lineups look like without McCullers? Okay, you're still getting you're still getting Cardinals, right? Right. You're spending most of your salary, right? Tigers, you're still getting this. Let's say you were to play the Royals. Can we, can we possibly get the Royals? I mean, because that, that would, to me, that would be it. So we go here. We go, okay. We're going to end up playing one of these other, the, these other pitchers. Let's see what, let's see what these, these Royal stacks look like. All right, McCullers. Probably don't play this other game. So let's just 100. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see what these Royals look like. What do you mean, no? What, I'm, telling, I'm telling you. It's saying no, it's saying no to me. Okay. So too, too little uniques. Okay. 49-4, 49-7. So you're playing Davis and Marquez together. Right? Because it's hard to even spend up your money, right? 
That's the pro. Well, maybe you leave money on the table. Yeah, let me set my salary floor even lower to 47,000. What's, what's Davis's projection? Just raw point wise, it's the lowest. So I'd rather have one of these other pitchers. So get rid of Davis now. Okay. Probably going to be Marquez and something. Marquez and Lester. Look how much money we leave on the table now. Maybe instead of playing a, a five-man Royals and leaving so much money on the table, which you still can do, we don't make a five-man Royals thing. So let's do it that way. So instead of 5X, we're going to do something like maybe 4-3, four, 4-3-1 three, four, three, with the Royals. Okay, now, now we're kind of getting up there from a projection standpoint. Lester Marquez, Lester Marquez. Or maybe we use the Royals as part of a three-man stack. Let's take a look at three threes. It is a small slate, so do you, do you, need, do you need five-man stacks? Not necessarily. So let's look at three threes. 49,000. Perez, Dozier, Benatendi with Lester and Marquez. Lester and Marquez against. So we're not getting any Detroit then. Oh, we're getting some Detroit if you want to play school. Leaving money on the table. Let's say we want to make sure that we're getting, you know, good hitters or something. Even though, like I said, I think leaving money on the table is perfectly fine. Let's raise that floor a little bit to like maybe 49,000. Playing single entry, right? Maybe not leave that much money on the table. Do a three-three-one lineup. There you go. It's a similar lineup as before. You're stacking against Scooble, Perez, Dozier, Benatendi, Altuve. Or right, you're spending as much as your money. You're playing Lester and Marquez. And if you don't want to play Lester, you want to play Minor instead. Fine, you play Minor. I think Lester projects slightly better. So here's Schoolball. And so instead of playing Schoolball, and you're not playing Cardinals, but you're playing Nicky Lopez there. But this is what I'd be looking into. I think the main that the, the main thing that I would do, I just don't think stacking a seven inning game against a high on Marquez is worth it as much as stack and Marquez is only 8,300, while McCullers is two thousand more. And the Royals will get at least, you know, nine innings of play. So, yes, in one, in one line of this is how I would be thinking. My, my, I would, if I was playing the 121 today, maybe I will. Maybe we'll do that. Is it still available? Let me check. Let me check on my phone. I will actually do it. Why, if I, I'm just doing it on the show, why wouldn't I play this line? I mean, I eat my own dog food. Like, if I'm going to build and say this is what I would do, then why the hell not do it? Let's see. We got the 121 still available. Let's see. Doing it right on my phone. Well, that's that's a late slate. Early slate. Not really. We got the I don't want do I want to play the 333 like that? The warning track, the three max, the base set. I'll play a bunch of the single entries. I'll play but I'll play uh, you know the $12 single entry. We'll put it, we'll put it into stock. So maybe do we want to play the the this lineup, the Lester? I can't believe I'm playing John Lester. Right? He doesn't even get strikeouts. I mean, really? Do I want to play minor against the 
Astros, what do these team totals look like? 4.95, 4. Well, also, Lester's going to be facing the pitcher from the Tigers. Okay, we're playing Lester. We're playing Lester. Okay, we're doing that, right? I didn't even plan on doing this. Well, how do, how do we build a lineup and then and not play it? Or do we want to play this? Lester Marquez, like this is right underneath it. 49-7. But we're playing Story. I don't want to play Story. I don't want to play anyone from that game. Lester Marquez, Goldschmidt, O'Hearn instead. Now let's play this. Let's play this. Let's, let's play this line. We're going to do it. We're doing it, people. I'm going to put in Lester. Marquez, I just want to show you that I'm doing. What, what time is this slate? Oh, it's a 115 slate. Okay, I can put this in later. Okay. I thought this was like 1215 slate and I would take me time. So I'm going to end up putting it in a bunch of like the smaller single entry. $12 single entry, $5, the $20 three max, the $44 one K to first. Like instead of putting like one lineup in, I just like in all of those, like at once. and just play it in all those cards. I don't want to build multiple players. One lineup. But yeah, but that this is what I would do. And if McCullers goes out and just uh, the wipes out the Royals, then I lose. And that's it. That's the simplest way of doing it. The other way of doing it would be to play McCullers and stack against Marquez and, or maybe not stack, but you're playing like three Cubs hitters against Marquez. And you know that the seven inning game batters are going to be much lower. Up. You could do it that way. I'm not ruling that out. Trevor Story will be lower on than he should be because he's playing in a seven inning game. So, or maybe he's not because there's not much else available at shortstop. It could be that also. But that would be the thought process. So I, I just went through the thought process. If you decide a different direction, you go, I want to play a five-man Royal stack. Go, go for it. I'm not sure if it's necessary. But the Royals should be the lowest owned team on the slate. I mean, they should be. I mean, I, no, the Cubs will be the lowest owned team. The world will be the second lowest on team because Marquez will be high owned and then the Cubs are only going to play seven. Going through the YouTube chat. Do, 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 do. Alex Hooper, is there any equity in playing chalky lineups and contests where it's only a hundred, almost a hundred percent sharks? Talking like $25 king of the pitch qualifiers, pretty much no one captain a favored Antonio in a showdown. I, I mean, I didn't, I don't know anything about that slate. And he says he's trying to get me to take, he's trying to get me to take his money in the king of the pitch and 555s instead of our weekly head to head. Well, I typically don't play the $25 king of the pitch qualifiers. I'm, I'm too good for that. I don't play that. I typically don't play the king of the pitch qualifiers till, till later in the season. If I do it all, like last year, I didn't need last season. I didn't even do it because those slates are awful. Those the, 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 this and then this and then this, the mix, you know, not staggered starts. I just didn't need soccer was not that big of a priority for me last year. But why would you want to play chalky lineups in contests where it's hundred percent chalk? Most likely in the smaller field stuff, the chalk is going to be even chalky. A lot of people are playing their cash lines. You should be you should be playing more contrarian. And he's clarifying chalky in my question, meaning what would be chalk in a one dollar twenty max 
but somehow unduped in a smaller contest where everyone is trying to avoid dupes. I, I don't think everyone is trying to avoid dupes. I don't know. I don't know what size contest you're talking about, though. I'm talking a 20 man contest. Most people are playing the like most people are playing a cash line or something very close to it. So if you're gonna you're gonna say you're gonna play a chalky lineup, that's essentially what you're gonna be playing also. Going through the YouTube chat. Number 427, Blender, you don't usually check the running exposure box. Actually, I do. I just don't leave it as a default. Uh, doesn't that cause the higher projected fantasy point players to be selected first, leaving a lot of minus EV lineups on the back end? Well, it depends on how much randomness, how much unique players. It doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that. And it also depends on how you organize your Excel sheet. Like the point is, is that I, I do running exposures because like, I don't need like, okay. I play all unique lineups into GPPs. So my Excel sheet with my CSV, with my entries, like when I say like yesterday, I play 80 lineups into the large, the, the main large, one. but I also played the 20 minutes. And I also played the 121 single entry. I organize my my Excel sheet so it, it's more random. The one twenty one is my first line, but then it's like the twelve dollar lineups or whatever the large field jeep, whatever it is, eighteen dollars, whatever it is, and then intermix. There's you know a four dollar line, and then intermix is another four dollar line, kind of randomly throughout. So I don't do like oh I'll put by sort by price, right by entry fee. And then what ends up happening is about like my, like I have a chunk of lineups that all have like similar players more towards the bottom or more towards the top. Yes, running exposure percentages, running exposure checkbox could mitigate that a little, but not that, not as much as you think. But since I'm already kind of mixing up my, my CSV to upload anyway, like I've already gotten that done. I've already got like, like it's already going to be like, wait, maybe this lineup's in the $4. Maybe that lineup's in the $20. Maybe, maybe like that. I don't know. So I don't worry about it as much. But obviously, if obviously if you're playing 100 lineups into the same contest and there's, you're not doing anything else, like then who cares? What, what does it matter at that point? Running exposure percentages works in tandem with like number of unique players. If you're only using number of uniques one and you want more diversification than that, but not that much more diversification, then I could see doing that. But on some, like yesterday's slate, I had like, I, I, I just said, I had such of a mix of, of teams. I had this at four. I wanted more diversification. All of these are just levers to help you with diversification, depending on what you want. What are you building? Yesterday, although I had 12, like, my highest exposed team yesterday was the Braves at 12%. I mean, like, I played, how many teams did I play yesterday? I think I played, like, 14 teams yesterday. Yeah, I may have only had two lineups with the Indians. But there are some slates where it could be a 14-game slate. Maybe I have 25% lineups. Maybe I decide to X out half the teams in the slate. Now I don't need as much much unique players per lineup because I'm I know I'm playing a lot of similar lineups to each other, so maybe I'm only two 
for those for when I decide to do it that way. And maybe then I maybe maybe then I use I care more about the running exposures. This is why you look at the lineups. You build, you build, you press the button, and you look. Like you said, when you talk about the clumping. You do that because you don't want you. If you set your exposures in a way where it's like like yesterday, with Burns and Flaherty. Like if you set your lineups like, oh, I want fifty percent Burns and I want fifty percent Flaherty. Well, it could be that the top fifty percent of lineups have both of them in it, and the bottom fifty percent have neither of them. It's still giving you fifty percent Burns and fifty percent Flaherty. So if you just looked at your, your exposure numbers, right? Oh, well, I got, I got 50, I got hundred percent, I got 80%, so I'm fine. Look at the lineups, scroll down, look, okay. Oh, this makes sense. Oh, I'm getting way, and that's what I did. I'm like, I want 40% of each of these guys and I'm just like getting them together in all these lineups. And then on the bottom, I'm getting none of them. And that, so you get the projection gap, right? It starts clumping. I, then I look at those lineups and I'm like, there's only so many ways that I could fit these two and, and be different enough that I want to be. Like I'm getting a lot of Texas with them. I'm getting a lot of Minnesota. I'm getting a lot of Cleveland. I'm like, I'm playing chalk with chalk. How do I not play chalk with chalk? Well, there's no other cheap stacks for me to play. I didn't want to play the Diamondbacks or the Pirates. So I'm like, like so I guess I need to split them apart. Or do something. So you, you, you're using those settings for, for diversification purposes, depending on how diverse you want your lineups to be. There's no correct answer to that. You're playing 20 lineups. You're like, I'm, I'm going 100% on, on this slate. If you're like, I'm going to play 20 lineups, I'm going to play 20 Royal stacks. Well, how diverse, how diverse can you be? You try to do that? Look, we tried to do it before. Right, I tried to build twenty lineups and a unique players three, with a five man like Royal stack with a forty nine k salary floor. Like it couldn't make the lineups. Mathematically, those lineups don't even exist. It'll make the first one and then go. How do I make three unique players? And there's there's no way to do it unless you unless you unless you have a salary floor of forty five thousand. Oh, then it could make four more lineups. So you're telling you're telling the optimizer you're telling lineup HQ to do something that's mathematically impossible. So if your if your uh, approach for a slate is like I want to double down on like a select few teams, then you don't mind the teams being two v twos, one v ones of each other. I play a ton of the Astros, so some lineups have Taylor Jones, some lineups have Jacob Myers or whatever his name is. Some have this, some have Altuve instead of Gurriel, and you just have a lot of those types of combos. Yeah, you're not as diverse, but if that's what you want to do. Like, I'm just done. If the Astros do well, I know I have all the combos. Okay, that's fine. That, but that's one unique, that's one. How many unique players can you possibly have in your lineup that way? So if you're like, I want to do that, but I also want to have four unique players. Well, how is that, how is that possible? I want to do, I want to have uh, the Astros 150 lineups as five man stacks, but also have four unique players. By the time you get to the 150 lineup, you're, you're putting in pinch hitters. Right, because it's forcing that five man, and then you have three one offs and two pitchers. You're putting in relief pitchers effectively. You're trying to get four uniques per lineup. It's like how many combinations could there be? 
but your bottom lineups are going to be horribly projected because it's going to be like, well, I can't put in the top 74 projected players because they're not going to be unique enough, right? So you'd obviously have to turn them down. You wouldn't have to. It's just you'd end up with very bad lineups at the bottom. These are just tools to make the lineups you want to make. Come up with it in your head. What lineups do I want to make before you touch anything? And then you go, okay, let me make them. You go to make them and you say, oh, well, I'm getting way too much of that and way too much of this. And then change something so that doesn't happen. In whichever way you can to make the lineups you want to make. When I first came to lineup HQ, if I, if I reset everything, it's not going to make me royal stats. It's going to tell me your projections are really bad. Right? I can't even give you royal stats. <coughs> so I had to do things in order to get them. Then if I said, oh, I'm going to make royal stacks that spend at least, uh, you know, 49.9. It's going to go, nope, sorry, can't even do that, right? Because I can't even play McCullers in those lineups. And if you play McCullers in royal stacks, so you're playing both sides of the game, which is negative correlation, yeah, yeah sure, you could do that, right? If you switch max batters to opposing pitcher, it'll give you McCullers and the royal stacks. That's going to be different. I probably don't do it. Do you play one batter against him? Okay, maybe, maybe that's a way to go. You play Sal Perez in a you know weak catcher spot, and you play McCullers. Okay, <clears throat> for a three-game slate where one of the games is a seven-inning game, I don't think it's out of the question to play a batter against your pitcher, unless people are going to do that. And you get the one McCullers has a great game, but gives up a solo home run to to one to a player, and there aren't that many home runs on the slate. There's three total home runs on the slate, so okay. Did you have the home run, even though you had the highest, you had the highest, the top, the top scoring pitcher and the second baseman that, you know, you, you have the outfielder, Ben Attendee gets a home. <clears throat> but it's hard to have both because when, when you're building lineups, with, when you're, you know, limiting that, when you're saying you can't have a batter versus a pitcher, you, you can do that. Am I choosing to in a 200 person contest, 300 person contest? No. You're playing large field stuff, perfectly viable. Would I prioritize that? No. But those lineups do exist. So I'm assuming Nerdy Tenor and Chad would run those lineups. Oh, wow. McCullers plus Sal Perez. <coughs> Not going to get many of them, but you may get some. David Peters, MLS Liga MX Soccer All Star Showdown game tonight. <laughs> I ain't playing that. I haven't played. I haven't played MLS probably in three and a half, four years. MLS DFS. I've never played Liga. I may have played one Liga MX slate, maybe one. I was desperate for something. Play EPL and Champions League now. I don't even play the Europa League stuff. I don't remember my roots. I used to play them all. I used to MLS. I played all the time. Back in 2015 and 16, when my bankroll was much smaller and I was a soccer specialist. But David Peters has a call. Momo Yansane, Yansan, I don't even know how to pronounce that, for all the money. So if, you, if you're playing the MLS Liga MX Soccer All-Star Showdown game tonight, play Momo. <laughs> Apparently, that's what, that's what you do. Don't blame me if you fails. I have no idea who he is. Could have been making up a name for all I know. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here with, uh, give me the thumbs ups.
right? I'm going to put that lineup in. I'm telling you, the lineup that we built, that 3-3 whatever lineup, where the hell did it go? Right? I'm playing this lineup. This is the lineup that I'm playing. <coughs> the highest projected right, 94.27. How much am I giving by playing this lineup? Who knows? Probably a lot. Lester Marquez, Cardinals, Royals, some Astros, Marquez Lester. Yeah, why not? Do it. That's why not. I'll, I'll, what's the worst thing that happens? I lose about 150 bucks. It's fine. That's what we'll be playing. So hit the you hit the, hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got a lot of stuff today. Wednesdays are jam packed. We got Swolecast. We got the OGs sports betting show. Uh, I think uh, Sean is coming out with a, a so rare soccer NFT show or something that'll be posted. Got Grinders live later today. We got crunch time for premium members. We got anything else? Is there anything after that? We have any golf? Do we have any golf shows that are named in ways that I don't understand? But maybe it was yesterday. We got a lot of stuff. We got the NFL schedule should be coming out soon. We got a ton of during NFL. It's like just nonstop everything. But I'll still be doing the pregame show. But you'll, there'll be a lot of stuff throughout the day. Devin is looking extremely forward to that, to having to basically work nonstop, like maybe five or six days a week the entire day. Uh, great uh but uh but yeah so thumbs ups subscribes bells i'll see you tomorrow uh we don't i don't even think we have an early slate tomorrow we may have a little one or something but uh, i'll be i'll be i'll be back here as i always am answering your dfs strategy questions on the dfs pregame show on rotogrinders.com yeah.